The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Seven minutes past eight. Sobriety Week 2013. That gets launched in Port Elizabeth today. Themed, Combating Liquor Abuse is Everyone's Business. It's an annual national campaign aimed at creating awareness of, to the general public of South Africa, particularly the youth, women and pregnant women, about the adverse effects of liquor abuse. South Africa has been warned that we are faced with a very serious problem of alcohol abuse, the origins of which go back to a history of inequality and social control. That's when the liquor distribution among black section of the population was illegal for many years, resulting in the emergence of unregulated tribunes, some of which became significant community social facilities, whilst others became dens of crime and corruption. In other instances, under the infamous DOP system, workers were paid in the form of alcohol in lieu of a salary, resulting in a vicious cycle of alcohol dependency. The effects of this history are evident today in a pattern of extensive socially damaging alcohol abuse. On the forum at 8, the question we ask, does South Africa need to sober up? It's a very serious question, sober question, if I might add, and we'd like you to help us answer that. 0891-104207. Please don't uh, accuse me of playing musical chairs on you. The number is different today. 0891-104207, because we are broadcasting from the uh, sixth floor Radio Park studios, as opposed to our normal studios, which are at the television centre because of the power outage and uh, the lines therefore not being accessible. So the number to use for the forum this morning is 0891-104207, the SMS hotline 34701, two rand per SMS still, at AM Live on SAFM is our Twitter handle. So does South Africa need to sober up? Let me say good morning to my guests. Um, we have on the line Saint Matlala, President of the South African Liquor Traders Association. A very good morning to you, Saint Matlala. Morning, morning, everybody. And uh, in our Port Elizabeth studios, we're going to try this. As I mentioned, we are having some complications. Uh, Ms. Tezi Mabuza is the DTI, that's the Department of Trade and Industries Chief Director director responsible for National Liquor Authority. A very good morning to you, Ms. Mabuza. Morning. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that we have <laughs> you on the line. We're a bit nervous about that. And we are still hoping to be joined by Nozipo Mkwanazi, manager at the South African National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. Uh, we'll see if uh, we can get her on the line or in the studio. She was meant to be in the studio with us, but uh, it seems we've misplaced her. But let me say good morning to my guests and thank you very much for joining us. Let me start with you, Ms. Mabuza, especially on the, the, the launch of Sobriety Week. I'm also kind of curious why it, it's aimed at uh, raising awareness, particularly among the youth, women and pregnant women. Why not all South Africans in general? Uh, this is actually a pertinent question that you had asked because you asked us whether South Africa needs to sober up. Indeed, this is really directed at women and people of childbearing age because actually September month is also a month wherein we observe fetal alcohol syndrome, which is a spectrum that affects children born of parents that would normally indulge or take alcohol while pregnant. And there's no cure for that. And that's why in this uh, September month we direct this actually a week of soberness simply to women and people of childbearing age because the consequences that are of 
children born with this uh, syndrome is actually fatal. It's for life. It's irreversible. So mm. it's a burden to all South Africans. In, in terms of the statistics that you have, is there evidence that these are the most vulnerable when it comes to alcohol abuse or perhaps who are drinking at an unhealthy rate? Yes, young persons, actually, they are the ones that are most vulnerable. They are easy to, uh, um, to swave to actually a better lifestyle by our adverts. And actually, they are easy to influence because of maybe sometimes the income that they receive from, from parents that they would use in any other way. And because actually they are in that age wherein they want to belong to a particular group. And if you start associating, so this brand of alcohol that you would take or the brand that you would associate with, actually it looks also the standard of liquor that you would also, actually the brand of liquor that you would also take. And, and the amounts of alcohol consumed by South Africa annually, I understand that we're amongst, I think, the top 20 in the world of uh, heavy drinkers. We are actually rated the fifth. Wow. Which is really very, very, you know, for a country like us with such a lot of, you know, less disposable income, we are actually the worst, actually, in sub-Saharan Africa. Do we have that uh, amount in liters, how much we drink? Because I see that about 10 million of South Africans consume about an equivalent of 196 six-packs of beer, 62 bottles of spirits, which is about 20.1 liters of pure alcohol, each person per year. Yeah, for now I don't have the statistics with me because I haven't mm. prepared those. But you know, because um, we are more in the Eastern Cape, actually, we actually looked at how much South Africans are spending. Why, you know? why are we in the Eastern Cape? Why are you launching this in the Eastern Cape? Uh, we are launching this in the Eastern Cape because um, in terms of sobriety, we could want to rotate provinces, but then we are looking at Motherwell. We're using our um, general information as South Africans to look at uh, the number of outlets in a given uh, city in a town and then look at the population and how much each province is spending on liquor. And then once we look at that and we realize that in the Eastern Cape we have a problem of the number of outlets and the number of people that are drinking and the amount that, that they are spending on uh, Mm. And the Eastern Cape being one of the four provinces that drink the most in South Africa. Yeah. You know, compared to Gauteng, which is actually the highest. But then when you look at the disposable income of the people in the Eastern Cape, this is really alarming. All right. St. Mazala, let me bring you into the conversation. You're president of the South African Liquor Traders Association. Um, reports suggest that um, in terms of illegal shabins and outlets, um, I was just looking at the figure now. It's just, uh, South Africa has about 182,000 illegal shabins. Does that corroborate with the information that you have? Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm. And how much of a problem does this present? I, I did mention the historical context earlier on, just in terms of how South Africa came about to have not only these illegal outlets, but the, the patterns of drinking. Yes, you know, um, it's very, very difficult to regulate uh, illegal shipping, but we, we don't promote illegal trading, but we do understand that uh, the economic situation in our country right now is not for the best of the people. But one thing I would like to get straight here now is that um, the liquor traders as a whole, we are also concerned about the problems that, that arise out of the abuse of alcohol, like the fetal alcohol syndrome, the use of alcohol by the underage people and so forth. We are very, very concerned. I think the point of departure here is the manner in which 
the authorities uh, hope to deal with the problem. We don't believe in shutting down outlets and so forth. We believe that we need to address behavior modification. And I think the, the process that has been embarked upon by the National Liquor Authority should be applauded because basically what they're doing this sobriety week is creating awareness around the issues or the consequences of abuse of alcohol. So I think if we can go in that direction and involve all the stakeholders, government, the liquor traders, the public in general, and so forth, you know, I think eventually we'll be able to address the problem of caused by the abuse of alcohol. What, what, what role do you see uh, liquor traders, uh, Shabins, etc., playing in, in this regard? Because people would then say, especially in a place where it's unregulated, it's easier for even underage people, people who should not be drinking, like pregnant mothers, uh, to be drinking and at, at alarming rates. Well, as I said, uh, with illegal trading, it's very difficult for us to be able to to regulate or impose any regulations on them to be able to combat the problem that we have. But in answering your question, I think the liquor traders are well poised to be able to, uh, you know, to educate the public. That is, the, we must educate the liquor traders themselves as to how they should be able to deal with these problems of alcohol abuse, like people who. Uh, go into beans, drinking, and things of that sort. So if the liquor traders are educated to be able to deal with their customers, and also the customers themselves to be educated, I think that way we'd be able to address that. But when it comes to illegal trading, I think what we, what we need to do is we must be realistic and accept that the economic situation in our country is not in favor of anybody. You know, and uh, there's unemployment, there are people who are unemployable, and so forth, you know. Mm. So we need to make sure that those people, we put them in a regulated framework. We need to encourage them to have licenses. We need to make sure that, uh, you know, before they are issued with licenses, they are taught or educated about how to run their businesses so that we can be able to combat the problem of alcohol abuse. Just in terms of the townships, because I think a lot of people associate your beans with townships, are their drinking patterns different to your knowledge and are they, is the bench drinking more pronounced? Because this is what people seem to imply, that when we look at your beans and you know, the easy access of alcohol, that the, the patterns are different. I don't really believe that that is the case, that uh, if people live in the suburbs, they drink differently from those who live in other areas, in the townships, for instance. The, the only thing is just that the townships are overpopulated mm. and the suburbs are less populated. So it appears as though in the township there's a lot of drinking and so forth per capita. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. People are just drinking the same. The body can only afford to take so much at a time. Whether you drink in the suburbs or you drink in the township, you'll be able to drink 
there's that maximum limit that mm. the body can take. It's a pity because I was hoping that we would have uh, Sanka join us in the studio to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, in fact, their website has a slogan that says, Make Your Health Your New High. Uh, and uh, just coming back to you, uh, Ms. Mabuza, on what Mr. Makala is saying, that uh, the body can only take so much. It's said that a quarter of drinkers in South Africa drink at a hazardous and harmful level, especially over weekend. Binge drinking uh, seems to have become a new and dangerous trend. Uh, indeed, that is, that is true. We have South Africans that would normally not drink on regular days. You know, South Africans are mostly sober from your Monday to um, th- uh, Thursday or Friday morning. And then afterward, people have this um, notion of like rewarding themselves. And the reward means, uh, you know, it's like I have earned my drink for the weekend. And what they do is they overindulge. So what are you asking people to do now? To stay sober for a week or what, what is this, a sobriety week campaign? Sobriety week campaign, it's all about saying sober up. If you can, just give it up for a week and calculate the amount of money that you would save from actually not buying uh, liquor and also the, 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 the time that you would spend not away from your, your family but with your family productively quality time that you would spend staying at home with a family and just focusing on other things you know like I like the slogan of like make your health your high because if you, mm. you, you, you start concentrating on the positive side of life and looking at you know having a better perspective of what else you can do with your disposable income rather than indulging or maybe like gratifying yourself only and not sharing that with a family because the more you take that money and spend it on liquor for yourself only you deprive the family of other benefits that they could also derive from that money that you have worked so hard for okay we're going to take calls now 891 104207 891 almost uh, giving you the, the the usual number so as I mentioned we are in a different studio broadcasting from the 6th floor radio park building today so the number is slightly different 891 give us a call on this number 34701 2 rand per SMS the question we're asking on the forum this morning does South Africa need to sober up this on the launch of sobriety week is happening in my well, in the Eastern Cape, the uh, Department of Trade and Industry launching this campaign today. But uh, we'll hear more from you in just a moment. The Eastern Cape is well known for producing legends. Some are well known and others are less known. Now the provincial government is giving you a chance to nominate a legend. Tell us who to include the number roll of honor and why. Vote in September at flooded post offices or police stations or SMS the word legend followed by the name of the person you're nominating to 34524. You can also visit our Facebook page or visit www.eastiprof.gov.za. Have your say. Nominations close 30 September. Eastern Cape, the home of legends. You know, I've heard that it's important to have transparency about a school's budget and how it spends its money. At our school, there's much more transparency because we don't even have glass in our windows. So they can never get dirty and they're always totally transparent. But when it comes to asking where the money for the missing windows is, 
Well, that's where things get dirty. Misuse of school funds is corruption. As a parent, you have the right to decide how your children's school funds are used. Go to corruptionwatch.org.za to find out more. Let's report corruption in our schools. SMS bribe and your tip-off to 45142. SMS costs one rand. My name is Ashraf Ganda, and I'm one of the ambassadors of the Shake the World Millennium Bracelet Campaign, which aims to raise social awareness of the eight Millennium Development Goals set by the United Nations in the year 2000. Now, all the goals are equally important and interlinked. But the ones closest to my heart are Goal 2, which is Achieve Universal Primary Education, and Goal 4, which is Reduce Child Mortality. Education, as you know, empowers you, and it should give you economic freedom, which should then reduce the number of child deaths. Now, by wearing these colorful beaded bracelets, I'm pledging my support and commitment to helping my country achieve the MDGs through active citizenship. That's how I'm shaking the world. How do you shake the world? This is SAFM. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 24 minutes past 8. The Forum this morning discussing this question, does South Africa need to sober up? We'd like to hear from you. Perhaps uh, you have something to share with us. We're in conversation with uh, Ms. Tezi Mabuza, the DTI's Chief Director responsible for National Liquor Authority. St. Uh, Mahlala is President of the South African Liquor Traders Association. We've just been joined by Nozipo Mkwanazi, Manager at the South African National Council on alcoholism and drug dependence. A very good morning to you. Morning, ma'am. Welcome. Let's uh, take the calls 0891 104 0891 104 mm-hmm. We'll read your SMSs in just a moment. We'll read those SMSs in just a moment. But uh, let's go to Maurice in Yeovil first. Maurice, you say that uh, there's easy access to alcohol. Yes, uh, I think I think I wanted to pick up on uh, a point that was made by um, uh, one of your speakers who said that the, capac- the per capita drinking um, is not different in different areas. Um, uh, and that may well be true, but uh, there are some very interesting statistics that were released by the Department, Department of Economic Development in 2011 when they were reviewing the Liquor Act. And they noted that in uh, Region D of uh, Johannesburg, which is the Soweto environment, there's one liquor outlet for every 414 people. Whereas in in the Rosebank to Randburg area, there's one liquor outlet for every 623 people. Hmm. In other words, in Soweto and environs, there's 50% more liquor outlets um, for the population that is there uh, than there is in the one of the previously white areas uh, of Rosebank to Randburg. In addition to that, which is even more disturbing, is that uh, in the uh, in Region D, which is Soweto, uh, there is one recreational facility for every 31,000 people, whereas in Region B, there's one for every 9,000 people. And uh, in terms of libraries, there's 66. There's one library for 66,000 people mm. in Region D, and one li- and, f- and one library for every 14,000 people in Region B. So the issue really is not how much each person is drinking. It's about what's it, available. It, it's more about the activity of drinking that's taking place in different areas. And so what's happening in a place like Soweto 
which I find very disturbing, and a place like Yeovil as well, by the way, because the, 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 the figures in Yeovil are the same as the, as the figures mm. for Soweto. The, the disturbing thing is that in the black population, there's much easier access to uh, alcohol than there, are, than there is to recreational facilities and to libraries. Right. And for me, for me, what's worrying about that is the damage that is doing to the future of the black population because people are being denied access to uh, healthy, productive activities such mm. as you know books and recreation and so on. And, and, and recreation okay. then is focused much more on alcohol. Morris, thank you very much for that. Uh, a very interesting point. In fact, I'm looking at a figure here that says about a fifth of 150,000 Shabins in the country are in Gauteng. Two out of three in the province are illegal. Perhaps just to come back to you on that, St. Marvella, what Morris is saying from your assessments, is that true? I've also quoted figures which seem to suggest that. But I think what is most important is the fact that he mentions that there seem to be far more liquor outlets than recreational outlets. Yeah, um, I think uh, Morris's comment is quite fair. I agree with him. Uh, but then, uh, this is a problem that we've inherited from the apartheid regime. The apartheid planning, township planning and so forth, you know, the movements that took place those years and so forth, they've created a problem that we have, that we have now, what Morris is talking about. Mm. Yes. And, and perhaps to introduce you into the conversation then, uh, Ms. Mkwanazi, has there been evidence of that in the research that you've done at Sanka, just to the, the vestiges of the institutionalized or even systemic mm-hmm placing of liquor outlets the, as we mentioned that uh, there was a dope system in which uh, was used to pay people mm. in, in the figures that you have uh, on alcohol abuse is there evidence of, of this? There is evidence, uh, thank you so much for having me here, there is evidence of, of, of such that you find that now with the treatment centres that we have and where we are not only in central Johannesburg we find ourselves that we are in Dipsyot in, in Westbury and El Dorado Park, you find that in those areas there are, young, there are more younger people now um, consuming alcohol. And when you look at the, the age difference then and now, it is becoming, it's increasing. Like you, it, it's from your, it started when you were 18, when young people were just having fun and all that. But now it's from your 14 But are there sociological reasons to explain this? Why? Some there is. Uh, when you interview these children and you ask them, or any person who has come uh, into contact with alcohol at a very young age, and you ask them, no, they tell you, no, we started from an age where we were experimenting. Or you find that they were always being sent, as, as, uh, as Ronald was saying here right now, that um, there's easier access of alcohol in our communities, that um, you've, in every street there is a shabby. And in, 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 in most instances, young people were only sent to buy alcohol. Therefore, that has started a, a okay. trend, a tradition that when uh, Uncle So-and-so has, yes, and when they're finished that, uh, w- with their beer, we will just take whatever that is left there and just add it up in, that, in, in, in whatever that is and we start drinking it. So that's, it starts from the experimental phase and in a developmental phase that when they are 14, they are 17 and the, the lack of recreational activities that they're there. It's, a, it's said, we'll go to news headlines in just a moment, but I want to perhaps 
follow up on this. It said that South Africa's uh, drug of choice is alcohol. You with Sanka say so you work with all kinds of uh, substance abuses. But in your findings, is alcohol a bigger problem than the rest of the other drugs? Not really. Um, you, you've got your, your, your dacha, which is your... Like, it's stuck there, but alcohol and, and, and dacha and cigarettes, those are the, 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 the starting points where your, our younger people or even the older ones will tell you that I've started when I was 16. Okay. Smoking and drinking. That's South Africa need to sober up. This is the question we're asking 0891 Give us a call, uh, share your experiences or perhaps your views on what South Africans should do to uh, deal with this uh, problem, the plight of uh, ever increasing numbers of alcohol abusers. 0891 We're going back to for the news headlines at 8.30. Good morning. President Jacob Zuma's application for leave to appeal in the so-called spy tape saga is expected to be heard in the South Gauteng High Court in Johannesburg this morning. And here's a wrap of this morning's top stories. KwaZulu-Natal Transport MEC Willis Mkunu has confirmed that the death toll in the accident in which a truck crashed into four minibus taxis and a car in Pinetown, north of Durban, has been revised to 22. Earlier reports on the accident, which happened last night, had put the figure at 27. And it's uh, 25 minutes to 9, finding out what's happening on Morning Talk this morning. And we are in the same studio, but uh, <laughs> sitting across from each other. Across from each other. <laughs> and uh, Rowena is going to tell you a little bit more about this morning's program. Hi, Thanks, Rowena. Sabita. How are you doing? Fine. Thanks, how are you? Sabita. We start the show with the Kenyan issue and the debate which was held in that parliament over whether they should uh, withdraw from the ICC. We, of course, know that subsequently they vote, voted for that motion. And then we'll talk about the TEPO 1000 project, which seeks to create jobs for 10,000 unemployed youths in Swane. And it's an initiative that's supported by APSA Bank. We'll have somebody from APSA Bank in studio to talk to us about that. In Justice Link this morning, we'll talk about how to draw up a will. And then I really look forward to the last hour of the show because it's going to be light and have some good news, something positive to start the weekend with. That's the show. Thanks, Rowena. And uh, we'll come back to our discussion on the forum. Does South Africa need to sober up in just a moment? My name is Ashraf Garda, and I'm one of the ambassadors of the Shake the World Millennium Bracelet Campaign, which aims to raise social awareness of the eight Millennium Development Goals set by the United Nations in the year 2000. Now, all the goals are equally important and interlinked, but the ones closest to my heart are Goal 2, which is achieve universal primary education, and Goal 4, which is reduce child mortality. Education, as you know, empowers you, and it should give you economic freedom, which should then reduce the number of child deaths. Now, by wearing these colorful beaded bracelets, I'm pledging my support and commitment to helping my country achieve the MDGs through active citizenship. That's how I'm shaking the world. How do you shake the world? This is SAFM. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 23 minutes to 9. We're in conversation with this morning. 
Ms. Tezi Mabuza is the DTI's Chief Director responsible for National Liquor Authority. Remember the DTI is launching their Sobriety Week campaign in Motherwell in the Eastern Cape. Today she's in Port Elizabeth Studios in the studio here with me, Nozi Pomkwanazi, Manager at the South African National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. And uh, St. Mazala is President of the South African Liquor Traders Association. And you, of course, are welcome to call us on 891 104 I'm just going to read some SMSs to you about uh, what some of you have to say about the subject. I want to get into the costs of uh, alcohol and the benefits, if any at all, uh, but benefits maybe in terms of uh, to the economy. What year did the DOP system end? Is it still a valid excuse? Rex in Leidenberg wants to know. Anthony says the current wage strikes are to pay for drinking, gambling, and uh, actually, that's a very uh, sad thing to say, actually, that uh, people who actually want what they call a living wage, that you'd want to reduce it to the fact that people want to pay for drink and gambling. I think it's very unfortunate that you have to say that. If a couple with FAS have fetal alcoholic syndrome, have a baby, and there's no alcohol abuse during the pregnancy, will the baby be normal? Um, hi, yes, indeed, we must stop. We must sober up, especially the youth, uh, boys and girls and men and women from Pastor Bonello, Shoban, Kezid. And, and uh, this says some poor girls are abusing alcohol and drugs during pregnancy in order to get the higher disability grant for the child. Uh, 891-104-207. Uh, just to come back to you, um, Ms. Uh, T- Mabuza, on, on, on the issue of the benefits to cost of alcohol, I believe there's benefits in terms of contributed by the industry, but there's also the costs of alcohol abuse that society has to pay for. And uh, maybe if you want to tackle this, Rex, for instance, saying that uh, the DOP system ended a while ago, is it still a valid excuse? Just in terms of the cost of alcohol abuse, the research maybe that you've unearthed, can people still use the previous apartheid system as an excuse for why they continue to abuse alcohol? Um, I, I don't think that actually it will be a valid excuse for South Africans to use the um, apartheid system and say the DOP system actually is the cause of why people are abusing liquor by now. Yes, we do have remnants of those practices in areas wherein people have grown to be dependent, wherein they are growing mm. in farms, wherein there is um, still some distillers and people actually they have grown so dependent in the substance that actually they crave for it and then they would even go in and look for remnants in the, in the distilleries you know, and try and make concoctions out of those. So that is actually a lifestyle that people have adopted but I think it is our role as South Africans to snap out of it and say what is it that I want to do as an individual. Mm. Hence we want to educate South Africans to say you know, you as an individual you have the one that you have to take a stance but then if people are addicted it's actually very difficult for them to break out of that cycle. Hence, that's why we have associations like Sanka, we have the Department of Social Development to assist and pe- people in rehabilitation centers. But then coming back to the question that you had asked me in terms of the cause of alcohol abuse, 
Um, as you said, that in the research that the DTI had conducted in 2010, we saw that the liquor industry contributed about 3.9%, almost 4%, to the gross domestic uh, product. But then in the same token, then we have tangible costs of alcohol abuse that actually was at around $37 billion. Actually, what the industry has contributed, 80% of it was actually, actually consumed by the, 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 the cost of other related incidences of abuse, your accidents, uh, your, 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 your rehabilitation uh, treatments and all that. So that means that the only, um, maybe for now, if you would actually kind of like reduce that, you would see that the only benefit is like 20% to the economy if you would actually add that up. But then, uh, you know, when you look at really what it does, except the cost, you know, the trauma that it causes to people, children dropping uh, out of school because parents can't pay for their school fees, and then you look at a mother that has to leave a home with children because they are being abused. So some of those emotional costs, we cannot even come to quantify them. They are massive. And to the economy, they support structure that the government has to divert to try and assist these communities is actually massive. So we are just saying that though there's a good contribution from us as the regulators, we see that as kind of like a good business activity, but the abuse itself is actually tarnishing the good work that the industry is putting forth mm. into the economy. And just with regards to these remnants that you're speaking about, uh, people who go into the distilleries and making up concoctions, but it's not just the distilleries. We are seeing the uh, appearance of uh, what some are calling Skokyan, all kinds of names, like Onyesa, etc., where people are using even battery acid to create alcoholic beverages, if one can even call it a beverage. Yeah, that, that is actually, um, some of the things are actually so, so bad that it's not supposed to be consumed by human beings, wherein you would find that even your ordinary, um, uh, sorghum beer is, is being adulterated by your battery acid, by your, your pineapples and all that, and then they make all sorts of these concoctions. And that's why maybe I would go back to the issue of what Saint Malala was, or saying, my colleague was saying, in terms of shutting down of illegal uh, outlets. The only way that as government, when we do enforcement, we can do with these concoctions is actually to spill them because they're not consumable they're not supposed to be consumed and that's why as government would in essence we would um, uh, encourage people to be registered but if an outlet is illegal the only thing that we do is just to shut it down and confiscate mm. the liquor and, and this is when I come back to you then St. Magdala you and quite a few liquor traders were very much against the introduction or proposed introduction of banning alcohol sales, especially on Sundays. Yeah. Now, regulating the hours, is that not part of the, 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 the solution to the problem? Regulating the hours, I think uh, um, maybe that could be a solution, but uh, we must look at ourselves that we, at the end of the day, we are business people. You cannot uh, allocate us hours when there is no business activity. You know, we need to be allocated those hours where there's business activity. But at the same time, we should also be mindful of our, our the, the, the community in general. That, for instance, I, I don't think it is sensible for any for to to trade after say 2 a.m. You know, especially let's say on 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 a, on a weekday. 
you know, it doesn't really make sense to be selling liquor after 10 p.m. at night. We need to be, we must remember that in the areas where we live, uh, our our structures are so small, and we, our houses are so close to each other, that if you have to play music, even if you tone it down, it might disturb the next door neighbor. There are kids who are studying. We need to give them opportunity to study and so forth. So, uh, at the same time, you cannot say, well, you bent uh, trading on, on weekends because uh, traditionally black people are at work. They are workers in, in the main. So Monday to Friday, they are at work, and therefore there's nobody who can sell anything. People sell only after five. So if you give them those hours from five until ten, that's reasonable. But what responsibility are communities themselves taking in curbing? Because alcohol also has its own behavioral effects. Yeah, well, communities are also um, taking uh, initiatives about uh, dealing with these problems that are associated with the abuse of alcohol. You know, the past initiatives and past interventions that have been done mainly by the authorities have shown that, uh, proved that they've not worked. I was looking at the statistics uh, dating back from, I mean, from 2013 going backwards to 2009. The graph only shows upward trends. It means that those initiatives have never worked. So the initiative taken by government now, especially the National Liquor Authority, I had said earlier, it's applaudable because now they are addressing behavior modification. Not, not okay. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. We're taking your calls. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm going to come back to you in just a moment, uh, Ms. Mkwanazi, to talk about some of these. Uh, behavioural trends that we're seeing um, just Sunny and Kaya unfortunately have been on the line for quite a while Kaya in Hofmeyer you say no regulation will help so you agree with St. Michael as well um, Good morning how are you? Well thanks, how are you Kaya? No I'm right uh, is, as much as this is an economic pox, uh, uh, stimulation but I don't think the economy must also in turn destroy the, communi- the communities that we are staying for them so I'm saying the regulations are very weak to me, Sister Peace. Because, number one, if the regulations does not chase away women who are carrying their babies on their back when they're going to these outlets, this is not going to stop. What we are seeing in these communities that you're staying in, you've got an adult of about 50 to 60 years having a 16-year-old with him or her in a liquor outlet, drinking, buying liquor, and doing all sorts of things. What is stopping the law enforcement agencies you know, from confiscating the liquor and taking the person to prison because she or he is killing the young generation of this country. Mm. So the regulations must be a bit strong. So that's okay. far, that is how as far I'm concerned. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kaya. Sunny in Newcastle, alcohol is over-advertised and misleading, you say? Yeah, it is. No, for me, uh, the advertisement are the major problem of, uh, of causing the, the, the alcohol drinking, you know. They are misleading because they don't show the other side of uh, drinking alcohol, the disadvantages of drinking alcohol. I've never seen uh, uh, the, the, the advertisement showing a person with a poser face or, or family disputes, the, which is the alcohol is causing. You know, so for me, the, the advertisement on TV, they need to think about them because they need to, especially this needs to 
to educate the nation about the, the alcohol. It, but they, they, I don't think they are doing this. They're doing so. Thank you. Thanks, Kaya. Well, we're going to be reading your SMSs in just a moment. And, well, Sunny, that's, that's what we're hoping to do, um, educate people about uh, what we take for granted. In fact, I've got this SMS here. It's actually making me laugh. It's Andile in uh, Port Elizabeth. Uh, he says... Uh, so you guys just made me have a guilty conscience about enjoying my drinks this weekend was looking forward to enjoying that drink this weekend after a stressful week but now I am thinking twice about it let's talk about the effects of alcohol Ms. Mkwanas, what do you see I mean we've been talking about fetal alcohol syndrome etc mm-hmm. and all of this but alcohol costs the country uh, billions of rands just in terms of all other things that people don't think about, whether it's accidents, yeah. it's 4.81 billion rand, in fact. Um, and those are just the tangible costs of alcohol. But there are effects of alcohol that we don't see. Yeah. Uh, well, besides the, 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 the normal ones that we know about, about your accidents and, and the trauma that it causes to other families and the individuals, but the ones that we forget to think about is how alcohol harms our bodies. And people, when you talk about it and you advise them, say, you, do you know that um, it, it cause, it, your, your consuming mm-hmm. of alcohol creates cancers, the, the liver, your livers can get damaged. And others will tell you, but it's my body, it's my life. And others forget that it also has social impact on, on, on our lives, our relationships with our families, relationships at the workplace. Um, some people, you find that they, with, with, with the way we work, you find that there are, out of the 50 people that work in, in our centers, it's, refer- it's referrals from the workplace to say, this person, on a Monday to Monday, he comes here, so not sober, but drunk. And we would we'd like you guys as, as an organization to come and, 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 and educate. Do and you, do you have to do a lot of those? Do you go to many work environments where you have to, as in have to, because there's such a major problem? It, it depends with each and, each and every organization because the, 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 the drug preference there is, is different. But you find in, in, our, in our civil um, organizations that there's like your, I don't want to name them, but your, your, your public uh, workers, that there's a high um, usage or high abuse of alcoholism, uh, alcoholism taking place, whereby you find the employee saying, I've referred this person or, or we've talked, to this person, we've, give, we've given them warnings, but still there's no problem. So the, the, the problem is not being solved. How do, we, how do you or how, as an employee, assist this person? Because there's other issues, there's family issues that are probably are causing this person, this individual, mm. to, 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 uh, to, to drink the way he's drinking. And um, there's other issues of finances in terms of not balancing um, their, their, their social lifestyle and with meeting the needs of the family. So you, we, we try. It, it, it is a must, and I think it needs to be regulated. They, 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 it they, I don't know. Is it a myth? Or, because there seems to be this <laughs> thinking <laughs> that the creative industries account for a, 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 a huge number of substance abusers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will agree. I won't agree to a certain, st- uh, a certain point, because mm. when you now look at an individual to say when did you start 
when did it all start? You know, and they'll tell you, no, we were going. To, I just wanted to fit in with my friends, or I wanted to feel comfortable or relaxed because someone will tell you, I'm a shy person, and when I find myself drinking alcohol, I needed to get I, a personality. Know, yes, I, I, I become this people's person other than when I'm sober, mm-hmm. and those are the those are the factors that people forget to ask themselves, and they blame the advertising or creative. Okay, but I ask that, and my my technical producer Mark is chuckling there. But <laughs> people often say people like us in the creative industry are more prone to uh, substance abuse. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. We're taking your calls. I'm going to read some more SMSs. Martin in Pretoria says no sober up required. I think all producers of liquor, including Department of Health, to organise real outreach educational funded workshops. My friends indicated to me that uh, they are drinking. At most of them are unemployed. Some even indicated that apartheid was better as unemployment was less, says Simon Sibidi. This one is not science. Shabin's and townships is the same as putting bars on every corner of residential areas. The reality is having to drive to a bar curbs abuse in the suburbs. And this one says, Sipi, so when weekend hits, I just want to drink and forget all the huge burden on my shoulders and head that uh, you, the middle class, seem to be naive about. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, it's P.O.N. says the liquor industry employs more than 1 million South Africans and has created more than 10,000 entrepreneurs. If we sober up, that will hap- what will happen to those people? It's in wants to know. Mark in Bedford View says people should stop blaming apartheid for everything. Blaming apartheid for alcoholism is just lazy. Find a solution. Well, let's uh, take more callers. 891 Perhaps just to come back to you, Ms. Mabuza, then, in this campaign, what, what exactly will you be doing? In this campaign, what we will be doing is actually to educate people. We want actually to raise awareness on this high risk that people sometimes seem to be oblivious of. And then we want to encourage and empower communities. On well, how are you going to do that, though? Because you've mentioned that, and, and, and it's not as if these campaigns have not been there in the past. What are you going to be doing differently? Um, what we will be doing differently, actually, is just, I, I wouldn't say it will be different. Mm. It will be the same messages, but to different people. One okay. thing is when people start hearing the messages all over again, it might seem like it's irritating as, uh, from the government side, you know, for people hearing the same message, but we want people to start internalizing it, thinking about it. But most important thing is that we want to encourage communities to be active. Especially when it comes to issues of like we're having a lot of outlets. What is it that you have to do as a community member? Because community members have the right to object to outlets being licensed within their communities to say that we've had enough. So people have the right to object to us licensing more uh, outlets within their communities. And what is also important is for them to realize that as parents particularly, we are the role models. You know the issues of children drinking or having easy access to liquor in our own uh, homes. It's us as parents that are actually inculcating that because it's just regular to like, if I'm stressed, all I do when I come back from work without even eating, all I do is just get a bottle from the fridge. So we normalize those things. So it's for us now to consciously look at our own conduct and what we are reflecting to our young people and children. I'm just taking the last batch of calls before we wrap up. 891 Yanus in Cape Town. Alcohol increases crime, you say. Hi, Yanis, you with us? Hi. 
Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's, uh, according to statistics, but let's use these statistics. We can see by our, our own eyes. The people are very often desperate. Those who are, uh, who are involved in the drinking, especially, you know, heavy drinking, if they've got no money, they will try to get this money somehow. So often they rob the people, they, they, they you know, they kill the people for, for five rand, whatever, you know, and they're going to spend this money for, for, on the booth. Of, of, of course, the, the situation of the Babalas are very related. I'm on the building side. Monday is always a problem, and it's difficult to get rid of these people who are drinking too much because they are protected by the by the unions. But also what, what I would like to mention, that our law, it's strange law, instead of punishing this, those people who drinking and committed the crime, they always say, no, uh, he didn't know what he was doing. He was under the influence of drugs or alcohol, so don't uh, punish them too strong because they, uh, they didn't know what they're doing. So I think it's something much more heavy has to be done okay. to get rid of, uh, of that and, you know, the, punish those who commit the crime uh, more strongly. Okay, thanks a lot, Janusa. And uh, just to wrap up... Um Ms. Mkwanez, what would you say needs to happen to change people's behavior? It's one thing us sitting here talking about it, and, and mm. a person might be sitting there conscious and saying, I, might, I think I drink too much, mm. but how do you encourage somebody to take action and internalize it, live it? Firstly, with a person who, who would say, I think I do have a drinking problem. Um, most of the instance, instances is that you find people are very in denial about their actions. How do you know you have a drinking problem? Um, how do you know you have a drinking problem is when it affects your relationships, is affecting your workplace, your, 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 your work performance, it's affecting um, you as, as a person in, in terms of health-wise, your, your thinking, uh, sometimes you, or your, your, your task of taking responsibilities of your actions. Because so, so many people will will behave badly towards mm-hmm. other people and say, but you know I was drunk. But at the end of the day, it does not it does not, uh, uh, not excuse yeah, it does not okay. excuse that behavior right. that you do not take um, responsibility. Saint Mazala, your final word. Saint Mazala, you still with us? Okay, it seems I might have lost him there. I don't know what happened. But uh, uh, Ms. Mabuza, perhaps to come back to you, your final word on the subject, uh, your campaign, uh, th- this is obviously not the last, but are there any other measures that you're looking at at curbing alcohol abuse? Yeah, the issue of really enforcing, that's what we are going out there to do most of the time. We are teaming up with other social partners, so your SAPS, your Department of um, Health, the Department of Labor, just to ensure that Whatever conditions we put on businesses, they adhere to those. And to South Africans, all we are asking is please do not support illegal outlets. It's your responsibility as a South African. Liquor is a regulated substance. Ensure that whenever you drink, you drink in premises that are licensed. Thank you very much to my guest, Ms. Tezima Buza. You've just heard an RDTI Chief Director responsible for National Liquor Authority. She's in Port Elizabeth, in fact, right now as they launch Sobriety Week. Thank you very much to Nozi Pumkwanaz, who's here with me in the studio, manager at the South African National Council Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. And thank you to St. Mazala, President of the South African Liquor uh, Traders Association. Thanks to you for all your SMSs, tweets, and Facebook responses. I've, I've ending off with an SMS here, a brilliant one. It says, Castle Milk's 
start advert in the Eastern Cape, dignity comes from within. How can dignity come from alcohol? That's the question being asked there. Well, that's how we come to the end of the forum this uh, uh, Friday. That's how we come to the end of uh, AM Live this week as well. Hoping you all have a fantastic weekend. Keep safe. And if you do drink, please drink moderately and uh, keep safe as well. Up next is Morning Talk with Rona Bird. But uh, first, the news at 9 o'clock with Fabakshini Chetty.